0: Male initiation rites have been a part of primitive cultures from time immemorial. It could have been killing a bear, going without food or water, or enduring some physical wound. Each culture seemed to have its own unique way of doing it. The initiation was answering the call planted in the male psyche. There's a need to face pain, fear, and death. That call still beckons men today. We cannot just walk into manhood. We must fight and risk to enter it. However much we may fear the testing, we fear being left untested even more. There is an uncanny parallel to this in the epic heroic stories. The hero comes to a place where he has to face pain, fear, and death. He has to choose what appears to be his demise so that the quest can succeed. He has to let himself go. He has to enter death. But what seemed to be the end is really just the beginning. He comes out more alive than ever. He has been initiated into the life of the heroic. Now the third uncanny parallel happens when we open the pages of the New Testament and find Jesus saying the same sort of thing. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up their cross, and follow me. Crucifixion was perhaps the cruelest way to die ever invented by man. To take up the cross was to carry the cross being to your own place of execution. It was to give yourself up to a death march. It was to face pain, fear, and death. It was to let yourself go and enter death. This was the way Jesus set up a new, and more profound initiation for men. And he was going to go first, as the pioneer of this new man. He did that, enduring pain, fear, and death. But just like the heroic tales, this wasn't the end. This was just the beginning. He came out more alive than ever, resurrected and saturated with glory. And now he says to men everywhere, come, follow me, follow me into this new manhood. You will not die you will come out truly alive. But the call to enter death is never easily chosen. We hesitate and resist. We excuse and ignore. We continue to try to find life as men in the heroic narratives we have scripted for ourselves. But in the subversive grace of Christ, every man comes to a point where the life he has tried to build for himself comes crashing down circumstances, or his own foolish choices, or both, have led him to a dead end. He has hit the wall. It could be the loss of a job or the loss of a marriage. It could be cancer in a child or the failure of a business. It could be a personal health crisis or a car accident. Whatever the scenario, each man is being asked here, now, to enter death. For some men, such a crisis is when they clearly hear the call of Jesus for the first time others, it's when they hear Him asking them to enter death in a new way. Whatever the case, it's ugly and it's painful, but it's not the end. If a man lets himself go and allows himself to be led through the crisis, he will emerge on the other side as someone quite different. It will be his initiation into the heroic way of Jesus. I know this to be true from my own story. Up until my mid-thirties, I had constructed a life of chasing after fame and success in both songwriting and the ministry. But all of that came crashing down when a church plant that I had started failed, and I had a child born with medical issues. I had hit the wall. I entered an abyss that lasted for months of grief, anger, confusion, and pain that I didn't know if I would ever come out of. Now, looking back on that terrible time, I can honestly say that everything good that has happened in my life since has come out of that crisis. It was the Lord's austere mercy. It was His way of initiating me into a new life as a man. I wasn't going to die. I was going to come alive. I'm Bill Delvo, and this is Heroic, a podcast about the surprising path to true manhood. We cannot just walk into manhood. We must risk to enter it. We must enter into death. Hal Haddon will be joining us for our conversation on Hitting the Wall. Hal is the founder and former director of Christian Leadership Concepts, a nationwide ministry that equips men to be leaders based on a growing, vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. He has not only helped so many men who have hit the wall, but also has his own story of it as well. Here are some of the topics Hal and I will be discussing the necessity of entering into death as we become men, working through failure when it comes, and how realizing our identity can prepare us for that failure. Now, I have biked many miles with Hal over country roads. Being the younger man, I'd like to say that I can outpace him, but I know better. I tend to see his back on the bike a lot more than he sees mine. Hal, thanks for being with us today. Let's start with your own story. Talk about how you hit the wall. What crisis did you face, and how'd you respond?
1: Well, Bill, it's great to be here, and I'm going to go back to when I was in high school, and basically I wasn't a great athlete and all of those things that go with it, but I was a hellraiser, and so I got my attention by being a hellraiser. Well, right after high school, I got to go out to a Young Life camp in Colorado, and I realized God loved this Hellraiser, <laughs> and uh, I committed my life to him because yeah. I wanted to love him back. And I was very, very committed to him as a new believer. And then I enrolled in the University of Tennessee as a very dedicated student, follower of Christ, to work hard. And uh, the first quarter, I think my grade point average was about a D. <laughs> And that was kind of earth-shaking, because I had worked, I hadn't parted, I was in a fraternity, but uh, that was heavy duty. And then after two years, I say they asked me to continue my higher education at a lower institution, Mm -hmm. which meant I flunked out, and uh, that's kind of funny. (laughs) But uh, it wasn't that funny to me. The failure was hard, but the real part that was hard was it said, I was a loser. I had a lot of shame. I was felt like I had basically no hope. And so that was heavy duty. And then I went out after I went out of school for a lot of months, going different places, and I kept hearing what my teacher said, you would never make it to college. And so that whole failure deal was extremely difficult. And I hid that for 17 years. It would not tell anybody about that mm. because of the – shame that went along with it the death to use your term yes
0: talk about was that a, a high school teacher or a college professor who told you that
1: i had two high school teachers and i gave them every reason in the world to say it, it wasn't like <laughs> they were lying they, they could have lied and said how hey, you had potential yeah. <laughs> but uh but it really it said uh they saw it the writing on the wall and uh and so it just it, it was there and very deep and very painful
0: what, so your response to this was to sort of hide and cover. How, how did it come out? How did you learn to begin to tell the story? What, what brought you through well, and out to think of yourself differently?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I think when I, I went to seminary, and uh, basically i back up a little bit. I read on a sixth grade level when I finished high school, and so that was painful, and my greatest fear was having to read out loud because mm-hmm. I couldn't pronounce the words. I say I never had phonics. And, uh, and so that was a shaming type thing. But when I went to seminary, uh, and that was like 14 years after I flunked out of the University of Tennessee.
0: So there was a big time. A big death. time, yeah. Wow.
1: And so I went to seminary, scared to death, but called. And I started doing quite well. It was very shocking. And I will tell one little story that the first class I was in, or one of the first classes was the Gospel of John. And so the first time we had a test, with about 50 in the room, he said he would like for the uh, person who made the best grade to stand up and read his answer. Well, I had made the best grade. I'd never made the best grade in anything. And I n- hated reading out loud, as I said. Oh, wow. So it's like God said, I'm going to meet you at, two places failure and shame and all that stuff so that was kind of interesting the timing as I look back on it but when I was finished in seminary I had done quite well I had basically an A minus average which was shocking but all of a sudden a great fear came over me and I began to fear that I was going to get back in the marketplace ministry marketplace if you will and I began to have those feelings that I'm going to fail and I'm gonna mess up, and school is easy. You go to the library, you go to class, but when you get to the marketplace, it's it's a different story, a lot of pressure. And so I went for counseling, and the counselor took me back when I flunked out of the University of Tennessee and helped me pull that out and look at it and talk about all my feelings and my pain and my shame and how I compared myself to my brothers and my friends who were doing big time jobs and so I, instead of stuffing it, I began to process it and accept it for what it was.
0: And that's that's be, what helped you sort of move through it and beyond it.
1: Absolutely. And I, I want to say that uh, it, that was the cure-all, but it was not. In fact, I still am in process today it, from time to time. Sure. But I moved to Nashville, and I started to minister here in Nashville. And actually Young Life asked me to um, – share a little bit of my story up front of a fundraising banquet and uh i said i think for the first time i'm gonna tell the real story and i told the real hal Haddon story and i told about flunking out the thing that i'd hidden for so long and bill it was like a 500 pound pack came off of my back it was there was freedom yes and uh so that was the council was a big turning point that was a big turning point, but there's one that really, uh, in, I don't know whether it's bigger, it was in a lot of ways, but it was, it, it kept it off. And that's when I was studying Scripture, preparing for the ministry that God had called me to, CLC, Christian Leadership Concepts. And I began to see in Scripture that God didn't call me a failure, He called me a son. And now I look at life not from the Failure perspective. I look at it from the son perspective, the royal priesthood, the new creation, and the the scripture is the foundation to where I am today. So that changed everything in my life. So, I still have the pain, oh, but sure. I but I'm a new person.
0: So talk talk about what's it, the experience of feeling like a new creation, feeling like I'm a son. What's yeah. that experience like versus the experience of? You know i'm a, i'm a failure where you hit the wall
1: yeah well the failure you kind of want to cover up your past and cover up yourself and kind of apologize for yourself and take the back seat so to so forth and you operate from trying to avoid failure at all cost you do any i won't read out loud because i fail i won't try this because i might fail and so i mean i came to nashville stepped out in faith where i could have failed but god took care of that but to cover up but when i realized my identity i said i want to begin to live out who i am I, I want to be the person god says that i am and operate from that point of view instead of from a failure point of view i, I don't want to call it success i want to call it my new identity and just being who i was so I look at it kind of like glasses. Everything that comes into my eyes passes through my glasses. The Son of God glasses. Everything I look at (laughs) passes through the Son of God glasses. So it changed my life, and it's still changing my life.
0: Yeah, it still filters. Yeah. It starts to filter everything in a new way. Yes, absolutely. Um, So looking back on this, how do you see, how have you seen, even in the apparent wounding of that failure and then your growth and movement out of that how have you seen god's grace through it all how do you sort of see your story as like oh this is this is how you know you know it was it was really bad and that was really terrible but through that death that i entered man look you know here's what's calm how do you sort of put all that together in terms of The Lord's grace?
1: Well, that's a real good question. And uh, I think um, a little more of my story is that uh, once I came to Nashville, I enrolled at the University of Vanderbilt and I got a doctor's degree. And that so, is amazing. That's amazing. So, I think I'm the only guy in Tennessee, maybe in the country, that flunked out of UT but has a doctorate from Vanderbilt. So, you may, uh, you very well I may be. be. So, I take it whether I am or not. The outlier. Maybe this to help lift up somebody that said they did as well. But uh, I, I can honestly say this, Bill, and this is nothing about Vanderbilt, that on a scale of 1 to 10, the degree from Vanderbilt at best is a one in my life. Mm-hmm. It, it just, it, it's an accomplishment. I did okay. Uh, you have a doctor in front of your name and all that kind of stuff. So it's okay, but it doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Do you know what means a whole lot to me? What's a 10? Mm-hmm. Flunking out of the University of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So that's the grace you ask about. Wow. When I realized that God would take a nobody, a broken person, and he would show me who I am, that I am a broken person. I am a failure. I own that. And I do have a lot of shame. I own all that. But that it doesn't end there. He can take a broken person, and he can work through them and make them a son of God, and then he can use them in whatever way he wants to. So my 10 of flunking out of UT that I hid for 17 years is uh, – it is really important to me because it told me who I am, but more than that, it told me who God is, and what God says about me. So that's grace that He would take a weak person and work through him in whatever way He chooses.
0: You know, and that's just that whole idea of entering death and you come out alive. Absolutely, it's just it's and my whole my whole story, which I didn't quite finish, of hitting that wall in my mid thirties and then. You know, my whole life began to be formed in very, very new ways through that very painful event. And all of a sudden I discovered, oh, golly, I'm a a teacher and I'm a coach. And, you know, all of these new things in my life that were deep down inside of me, they started to be birthed. Yeah. And even, in fact, some of the ideas and material for this heroic book came out of all of that experience of teaching and coaching. And I just kind of Mm -hmm. look back on it and I go... How did that happen? It's just like, yeah. but again, that's grace. the grace of God to take what is broken, and, and something amazing comes out of it, yeah. something you could have never imagined in a thousand years.
1: Never. And I look at it in somewhat like the story of Jacob, and, uh, and God broke him, and then he gave him a new name, a new identity, if you will. And somebody said, you have to walk with a limp, and you've yes. been hurt. And right. so the pain that I hid, I, it's there i own it and i accept it but also think of the verse in um john 12 where it said a seed must die right. and if it doesn't die it remains a single seed but if it dies and goes in the ground then it begins to blossom and germinate and and produce and 160 times so again that's god that's, it, it, it's, that's right it, it's it's pretty exciting it to give him exciting. the credit yeah me?
0: you know yeah. and just uh and and let's go here because you know we're looking a bit back on our mm-hmm. experiences that were um, just both horrifically painful, and and like I said, just uh, just very parallel with your my own story with the failure with the church plant. I I think it took me about it wasn't seventeen years, but it probably took me about I would say seven, eight, or nine years yeah. before I could even talk about it. Yeah. With any sort of comfort level. It was just, I just wanted to slam that door shut. (laughs) And move on. And move on. Wish it didn't happen. It just felt like I just had this, you know, scarlet F all over me. I I am a failure. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're not. Yeah. yeah. No, you're not at all. uh, You're just beginning to discover who you really are. Yeah. So that is, it's just just awesome how God does that. So let's talk about working with other men or just watching other men or being a community with other Mm -hmm. men. You see them hit a wall. and first, what what are the you know we talked about our walls. What are just some other general walls you've seen men hit? Yeah.
1: and I, I've unfortunately, I've seen a lot of men. My career has been working with men in Nashville and around the country, and I've had thousands of lunches and times with people and groups and overnights and camping trips and on and on, on and on and on. And so I've seen some men that are very sharp intellectually, business wise, and, and their business fails and they're weeping because they're so broken. And so that it just it doesn't fit with the picture I had of but now they're broken and weeping. And I think of another fellow that uh, when his granddaughter was killed in a car wreck mm-hmm. and he said he cried every night for a year. And so that, that's deep, deep pain that disarms you. And then I think of another fellow that I met him out here at, um, at the courtyard, Marriott Courtyard, and he had just come back from treatment for pornography. And he was crying because he said, I, have, I spent $35,000 and I went right back two weeks after coming out of treatment. Mm-hmm. So again, that's that sense of being helpless, and broken and I'm not the man I want to be or any of my family or friends expect me to be. Right. And it's just devastating, yeah.
0: devastating. Devastation is the word for that. So what do you say to a man in that situation? What do you, you know, what first what do you, what what do you try to say to them or, or to be with them in that? And then what do you hope for them out from that? Yeah,
1: well first of all, I don't tell them I know what it's like unless I really know what it's like. I don't know what it's like to be addicted to pornography or lose a grandchild and that sort of thing. But you used a great word there. I just try to be with them Mm -hmm. and to be a friend, to let them know I love them. I I accept them right where they are. They don't have to perform. I love them unconditionally. And I just want to be there for them. And I quit there, but maybe a few days later, I may, and I probably tell them God is sovereign through all of this, but a few days later, I focus a little more on the sovereignty and how God's gonna work good out of this, Mm -hmm. but at that point, I don't think they wanna hear any great game plan for the future. They do, but they're hurting, They, they can't hear it. So if I can just ache with them without giving pat answers, My tendency is to try to give uh, scripture to them, and I want to give scripture to them, but at that point, they're not quite ready for what I call a Bible bullet.
0: That's right. Yeah, you've got to give the right medicine at the right time. Yeah, that's right. I heard this story one time of a man whose father committed suicide, and I just can't even imagine that kind of devastation. He said the person that helped him the most was a friend who simply came, and he said he just sat with me for hours. Yeah, he yeah. didn't talk he didn't say anything. Yeah. He just sat with me. He goes, and I always marveled at that story but it made sense. It's just like I'm just going to be with you here and that's he goes that was the strength that I needed. Yeah. I'm not alone in this. Yeah. And
1: in your book you talk about silence and men don't like silence. So in to general, just yes. sit there yes. and be with a man yeah. is a ministry, the ministry of presence. I, I, it says, "I accept you where you are." Yeah. So that's uh, I've seen a lot of them though, and I'm sure we'll see a lot more.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Minister to a lot more. Just looking back over our conversation as a whole, just sort of what final words do you want to say about the whole event, um, the whole paradigm of hitting the wall, choosing to walk through it, and coming out of it. Just, just a few summation comments that would be helpful for us.
1: Well, I think a value, Bill, of looking at Scripture is you see just about every kind of failure and hurt from <laughs> men and women yes. possible. It's there. And, uh, and I think for them to know that uh, they're not the first one for that to happen, too. They're not going to be the last one. And, uh, you know, the verse that we probably all love, one of the top few verses is uh, everything, God works together everything for good for those who love him and call according to his purpose. We're predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. So that's, it, there's a bigger picture. It's not all about 2019. It's about life, and we're all in process. And you mentioned a little earlier uh, of different types of problems You know, I find they come in form of a child, and I've had that for the pain. It comes a marriage, uh, money, health. I've had the health issues and career. They're the biggest ones. And they're gonna be happening until the day we die. So uh, strap on the seatbelt, fix your eyes. I really believe, this sounds like a pat answer, but I really believe the walk with Jesus, fixing our eyes on him, trusting him, knowing him, knowing the word, and having, having a group of guys you know we're both big on having a group of guys oh, around nice us away, baby. and so you can process so they love you unconditionally right. you can speak out loud with your hurt and your pain and they say we're still with you that's right but I, I really I, my walk with Jesus is the answer it's that's what it's all about yeah.
0: this has been heroic join us for the next episode where we will address our personal idols, how to become aware of them, and how to break through their stronghold. If you're enjoying The Heroic Podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend who might want to listen in. Rating and word of mouth are the best ways to get the word out. You might also like my book, Heroic, The Surprising Path to True Manhood. Heroic will give you what you need to take the journey to become a man. It will help you find your guide for the journey, own your true identity, and discover your quest. This is how we become truly heroic. Go to heroicbook.com for more information and to order a copy. That's heroicbook.com.